What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Discuss Plus, the best place to get your monthly gamer subscription needs. I'm your host, James Griffin, and we got a ton to talk about today, all of it E3. We've held it in for about a week. Me, uh, me, Justin, and Spencer have been itching to chat with each other and just get into it and talk as much as we possibly can about what we felt about E3, the things we were excited for, the things we weren't. Before we get started, though, uh, I want to introduce my two, my two buddies, my two bros. First up, we got my man Spencer Banfield taking the uh, contributor seat today. What's up, dude? Hey, man, I'm feeling good. Uh, I, I got to be honest, it, it feels nice, actually, to keep the weight off and, and give you the hosting uh, uh, responsibilities this week. So appreciate it. It's, uh, it's cool to see things from this new perspective. Yeah, dude, I'm, 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 you know, my heart rate's getting a little faster. It's, you feel like you're the presenter. <laughs> so yeah. I, I hear where you're coming from, man. Yeah, man. Cool. Uh, thank you again for having me. Yeah, of course. Uh, Spencer, also, I was uh, checking out your Strava. Your splits are getting insane, dude. Insane. So for everybody who has no idea what Strava is or splits, it's a running app. And yeah, I've been running for four months now. Splits are the time, like how long it takes you to do a kilometer because we're in Canada. I run, measure by kilometers. And yeah, um, I'm getting better at it. You know, still got a long way to go. Me and James run all the time, but uh it's cool to track your, your progress, man. And uh, James, congratulations for being a, a local legend of your, well, I'm not going to give the route away because God forbid somebody starts stalking you, but you are a local <laughs> legend uh, in that area. So congratulations. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, Spencer, you're also just being too modest. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, to run a five kilometer in under 25 minutes means you're decent at running. Spencer, I saw you clocked a 2340. A few oh, days ago? Yeah, I, I was just in, I was in a zone, man. I was in a zone, and it was a, I was up, uh, up north at the cottage, uh, running on flat ground and uh, playing Queens of the Stone Age songs for the deaf. Great album. Amazing. Oh. Album. Anyways, yeah, so Spencer's being too modest. 2340 is am amazing. Like, that's, that's impressive. That means you're, you're a good runner. It's uh, one of the telltale signs. Appreciate that, man. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And then, of course... We've got our own completionist encyclopedia. I have no good nicknames for you this week, buddy. Justin, what's up? Oh, not much. I'm excited to talk about E3. It's been it's been a week. Yeah, you not know, it feels like it. um I don't know about you guys, it feels like we haven't talked in the podcast for a while. I don't know, it's only been a week, but I feel like it's been longer. Has anyone yeah, else I'm got those tips? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's I have watched so many hours of conferences. It just feels like it's been forever. You know what I mean? I agree. It's, it's kind of like because there's so much to talk about, it feels longer to get to that point where we're talking about it. That's my vibe. Mm -hmm. uh, Justin, you haven't only been watching E3 stuff, though. You've been streaming for, what, three, four days now? Yeah, I picked it back up. Uh... I started doing it last year, but I only did like two or three days and then kind of fell off the wagon, as it were. Uh, but yeah, I picked it up again the last few days. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I was actually playing some... Uh, first couple of days, I was playing some of the demos that were showing off at E3 for PC games. 
Uh, so that was pretty fun. But yeah, Jukebox on Twitch. And the O is a zero. The O is a zero. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, that should be like your, your tagline, Jukebox. The O is a zero, or like the O is silent. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work, but... <laughs> There's like a pun in there somewhere. Something. Hang on now. There's a pun in there somewhere, because Jukebox, and then you say something, it's silent, because Jukeboxes aren't silent. I don't know. Justin, just work on it, okay? We can't do everything for do my you. best. <laughs> That's awesome. Are you going to continue doing it? Should we expect more? I think so. I've been trying to do it pretty much every day since I started back up again. I played uh, Carrion last night. I got a game pass on my PC at like adult, uh, three months of Ultimate for a buck, so going to be playing some games on that for a little bit. Carrion was pretty fun. That's nice, man. I, I think we're also we've made a Twitch channel for Discuss Plus, but I guess we still got to just figure out how we're what we're gonna do with that and how we're gonna do it. I had mm-hmm. one night where I put on Street Fighter Five just to see if I could share from my PS4, and everything seemed to go smoothly. But yeah, uh, anyone listening, more to come soon. Well, we need to talk about it, but I think there'll be some uh, some fun streams, maybe some drunken streams, is what I'm hoping for. <laughs> Doki Doki Literature Club Plus when it comes to PS4, but we'll see. Yeah, write poems drunk. Like like all <laughs> classic poets, frankly. Uh, anyways, now that we got our intros out of the way, generally the show would now become like four news items. We tell you about PSN sales. We talk about maybe uh, a PS Plus game reviewing, but we're doing none of that today. One, because we don't have a PS5. Two, because we reviewed the other Plus games. And three, because we just want to talk about E3. So, yeah, yeah. with that in mind, what I'm going to do is there's two conferences we want to talk about very in-depth, Xbox and Nintendo, and we're going to get to that. We're, all, we're also going to go through highlights of other conferences that some of us watch, some of us may have not, uh, just to get a whole round of E3. But I would just want to start, and I want to start with Spencer here, because uh, I know he's watched some of this stuff a little more recently than me and Justin. For me, it's been like a week now, so it, it, it's it's almost nostalgic at this point. What are your general impressions of this E3 overall? Was this a good E3? Uh, it, honestly, it's it was very up and down for me. I think it started well, and these are these are this is my taste. Where I I play a lot of Ubisoft games. I'm a big fan. The Borderlands series goes that so that was day one. Um, they both shared the stage the stage that day. Obviously, the met, the merger uh, or the the acquisition of Bethesda by Xbox really prompted my interest. Uh, WB Games, big fan of their work. I love the Batman stuff. And then after that, it just kind of dropped off for me. I felt like I was <laughs> felt like I was wandering through uh, a market I've never been to. And I understand that there's going to be tons of hype behind a bunch of these games. Um, but uh, I, I I feel like anything I have to say about them, you know, it's got to be taken with that that grain of salt. Frankly, I mean, those days I was splitting my screen between uh, those conferences and uh, the Westminster Dog Show um, <laughs> finals, which <laughs> I, I don't know if you, you viewers watched. I was just disappointed this year. Again, uh, Wasabi the Peckingese one, it's just unbelievable. It, it's not a dog. It's a sentient Roomba. Um, that leaves more mess than it picks up. So I, uh, anyway, um, I, I'm I'm excited to hear from Jamie and Justin, James and Justin, 
because uh, you guys are, are much more adept in this thing. And James, you were writing about some of these games years years prior. So um, you know, I'm I'm here to learn as much as I am to uh, uh, to uh, teach, I guess, in some ways. Yeah, but uh, from what I'm hearing, you said it sounds like like E3 for you is very like uh, front loaded. So the first mm-hmm. like, summer games fast in the first day were great because those are the things you're into. And then the last few days were very much like, this isn't my jam. I respect it, but it's not for me. Is that, well, that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there is a, a, there is a definite worst. And, and we may all share the opinion of the definite worst because I, I watched this conference. And I was like, this is 45 minutes to discuss three games. You know, um, and then I looked on and it, it was, oh, all of these games have already been announced. There's really nothing new uh, being put forth here. Um, so, you know, stay tuned, people. You'll find out which one. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know which one you're talking about. Oh, but maybe. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Justin, uh, just generally, buddy, uh, how was this E3 for you? I was a big fan. Uh, there were definitely some low points, but. I think the the high points more than made up for it. Uh, Xbox, Bethesda, Nintendo, both great shows. Um, even some of the PC shows had some really cool stuff. Um, but yeah, in general, I, I liked it a lot. I think it's been better than years prior. Last year was definitely a bit of a slump, I think. So this was a nice, uh, nice return to the hype a bit. I'm surprised, and I'm 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 pretty much in agreement with you here. I'm surprised that for a year where like everyone worked from home, they had this much to show. Like I was pretty surprised, and uh, yeah. happily surprised. Mm-hmm. And I think like for me, when I looked into E3, like both of you guys, I went in with extremely low expectations. I'm not sure why. I think it's because of the pandemic. And I'm like, new things take time. Good things Mm -hmm. take time. Uh, So much like Justin, I really didn't like last year. In fact, I barely cared about last year. I cared more about like the Sony presentation and Ghost of Tsushima and Last of Us Part 2. I Mm -hmm. could give Mm -hmm. less of a damn about what else was being announced. This year felt like a breath of fresh air for me, too. Uh, Especially the Xbox conference. My God. We'll get we'll get into it more in depth, but like that was the saving grace for me for the C three. It could have gone so many different ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I think the problem was is that were it a an event with a crowd, I don't think there'd be as many eyes on a couple of these conferences, like uh, like Razor, for example. Razor just talking about very basic gear, right? Where there may have like if if it weren't for Corona, maybe just a couple people have shown up. But since you have the eyes of the world upon you and no other kind of shows distracting the attention, you get that much more scrutiny. Um, so, you know, obviously the virtual part of it, I think, gave it a, a high risk, high reward flair for a lot of these vendors. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, honestly, also because like the amount of people playing video games went up drastically over the last year, right? True. So- People who may have heard about E3 before and never really, excuse me, uh, checked it out. This might have been like a year where like we got a lot of these new gamers who for most of their life hadn't really played that much games. And then this last year, they're like, oh, I care more about this now. Let's see what E3 is really about. So it's a good point, Spencer. Yeah, there's some more niche stuff going to the spotlight. And we have a new u- potential user base looking at this stuff. Mm hmm. Uh, with that being said, 
Uh, it sounds like Spencer is a bit front loaded for you, and then there was there was quite a few conferences where you're like, I don't give a fuck, and that's totally cool. I'm well, there with you. <laughs> I, I mean, not give a fuck. I, I yes, that's technically true, right? I don't care about some of these games. That doesn't mean I don't want to understand them in a way, or that uh, uh, the the appeal is unfounded. I uh, I understand that there is a massive market across the Pacific um that that i feel uh attunes and 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 feels a little more home with a couple of these titles uh and and certainly now we're seeing a proliferation of that through north america if you want you know anything as small an example as a uh, crunchy roll as a streaming service or anything as large as bts's new mcdonald's meal um so i yeah i don't understand it but i i'll just kind of smile and nod um and uh and and just kind of clap along i guess <laughs> Well, you know what? You came to the right man, because we're going to be talking about that later. <laughs> I will take you to class, son. I'm glad you're open-minded about it. Uh, so l- let's, move on. let's move on a bit from this, this general stuff. I want to ask both of you guys, uh, we'll, we're going to do this, and then we're going to jump into the Xbox conference after. I want to hear from each of you um, your three games of show. What are the three games from all these conferences... And you don't need to go in depth exactly why right now. You can list them and just say, I like to like this, because we'll, we'll probably talk about them more if we get to the conference. But three games that you think stood out above the crowd this year. And uh, Justin, I'm going to start with you. All right. Um, mine actually came from, actually two came from the Xbox show, and then one actually came from Square Enix. Um, so Halo Infinite was actually a big highlight. Um, it's coming 20, holiday 2021, in theory. Uh, free-to-play multiplayer. Uh, had a really cool cinematic trailer uh, for the story mode. Seeing Chief in like, this new version of Cortana. And there's like a new grapple ability now, where you can like pull guns to you and like hijack flying vehicles with this grappling hook. Uh, so that looks super fun. Haven't played a Halo game since four. Skipped five. Uh, so I'm excited to get into that. Um, and then Guardians of the Galaxy was another one that uh, I think if they had just shown like a cinematic trailer or something like that, this would be a lot lower on my hype. Uh, but they went so in depth with the with the uh, presentation of it. Um, when it, when the when the presentation first started for it, I was actually like a little skeptical. Like, what is this going to be? Is this going to be like another another game like Marvel's Avengers, where there's a lot of hype and then it really falls flat? Uh, but then they said things like it's single player, it's story based. Uh, you actually have choices that matter that make a difference. That um, has combat that's pretty reminiscent of Final Fantasy VII remake. Hmm. Uh, so there, there's a lot of a lot of good stuff in there. Um, that looks really cool. And then the ringer, the true goat. Not really. These are no particular order, but <laughs> Slime Rancher 2. <laughs> <laughs> Yee. I freaking love the first game. Uh, so as soon as I saw that trailer start up and there was the little slimes popped onto the screen, I was literally cheering in my seat. Like, hell yeah. <laughs> Get in a freaking sequel to Slime Rancher. So yeah. Dude. Those are my top three. I I love all three of those picks. 
mostly because one of mine shares uh, Guardians for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, Slime Rancher is something I haven't played. You've told me about it, but it was like such a it was such a left field thing for the Xbox conference that I was yeah. like, oh, that's awesome! Like that's so much different than anything else they've been showing. Uh, definitely Guardians. Uh, when it gets to me, I'll talk about it a little bit too. But uh, it was a big highlight. I thought it was crazy how much they showed. For me, it was in a good way. And I'm just like you, Justin. When I first saw the trailer, the CG part, I'm like, okay, where's the Avengers pay pay scale and all that yeah. service stuff? Come on, I know, I know you, Square Enix. So yeah. and, uh, I'm not a Halo guy, but that multiplayer for uh, the multiplayer trailer for Halo Infinite got me pumped as hell and made me want to believe yeah and 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 listeners of this podcast will know personally i love grappling hooks so that they bring one to halo uh gets me so excited um great choice buddy great choice hell yeah agreed those all seem like really exciting games spencer what about you your three picks all right so in no particular order uh first for me metroid dread uh, I, mm. I, I honestly do not care that we're still waiting on Metroid 4. I, 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 it's been several years since it was even announced, and we've heard nothing about it. But I'll have this Metroid, well, mating for the other Metroid. Uh, side-scrolling uh, kind of has this gritty reboot that's so trendy right now, right? You know, where, where you take these plain and simple kind of old-school properties with, with fun elements, and then you give it this, this dark twist. And these, these robots um, that are indestructible i think is so interesting and it, and it gives a a sense of urgency to this platformer and this this game that's so um so reliant on its dynamic movement so i uh i i this is something i uh, justin if you have a if you can play it on twitch i'll tune in every time man i would love to watch you play it and anybody else for that matter but justin you're prime along my list gotta figure out a way to say, capture um, huh have you Justin, go on. Sorry, I have to figure out a way to. I haven't got like a capture uh, setup, so I can't do console stuff yet. I got to figure that kind of stuff out. Oh sure, man. But I would definitely I mean, do that. Yeah, I it's, love it's to a, stream switch stuff. Sorry, it's a it's a long way. You know, it's 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 still not here yet. So you've got plenty of time. True. Uh, to to figure that out. Okay, number two for Before me. Before you go on, Spencer. Oh I was yeah, sorry. Mention, do you hear about like? Have you heard about like how Metroid Jed was initially announced like 19 years ago and then just like disappeared? Whoa! Like it, there's it's funny. There's like articles from like early 2000s, mid 2000s about like it was supposed to come out then, and then like I guess it didn't happen, um, and now it's coming out in like three months. So cool. I, it's a cool. It's a cool pick. It's one of those where like oh whoa. Um, I forgot about 2D, 2D uh, Metroid. I know they had mm-hmm. Samus Returns on the 3DS a few years ago, and I think they took a lot from that, but I'm with you. Sick game, and the fact that it's like something that was, you know, ex- people were excited about like 19 years ago. I'm sure there's like a nostalgia factor that, like, oh, we're finally getting that game we heard about forever ago. So, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, 100%, man. 100%. So, that, if I ever do or watch on my own, but for my my marquee next big party game to play with my friends late at night i think this is going to replace mario party 8 uh is mario golf super rush i love this mm. idea where you had one of the more you know not to be rude but boring 
iterations of the Mario franchise, right? Where nobody's playing Mario Golf with their friends. Now that you can tackle people and get items and and screw them over like Mario Kart, absolutely I'm going to play Mario Golf. Me and my boys like to golf. Like, why shouldn't we try this this game out? Um, and, and, and it just submitted to me that, you know, you can make fun of Nintendo for not innovating on any characters or whatever for a long time, but at least they find a new way to use them and find ways to innovate on on the, the gameplay, right? I mean, you could go to Mario Galaxy, even the new Mario Rabbids, uh, that combat style, that gameplay. I think we'll get into that a little later. Uh, Breath of the Wild, its new iteration with, with what looks like, you know, kind of a, a vertical, increased voter, vertical mobility, flying kind of deal. Um, <laughs> I, I just I give it to them. I think this is a great idea, and it looks simple and elegant, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah, it, I think it comes out in a few weeks too. Brilliant. I'm pretty sure uh, it's it comes out in four days. Four, four days. There you go. Yeah, for very soon. Um, yeah, I remember it was announced in a direct a few months ago, but they showed off quite a bit more at this direct. So mm, yeah. cool pick. I, I dig I that one. I know, and and here's hoping my friends are listening to the podcast because this is the best way I'll pitch it ever. Um, we we we'll, we will see, guys. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> Sorry, Nintendo. I got angry. No. <laughs> uh, and then uh, my number one. Again, I'm a big Ubi guy. Um, even sometimes if it hurts me, but I've been such a fan of the Far Cry series since number one, and number six is is really perfecting the formula because. I think in any video game, you have to balance uh, the realism aspects and the arcadey aspects, right? Where uh, Far Cry 3, I think, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll go to GTA, I think. Or GTA 4 was much too realistic. The driving was just uh, cumbersome, and it was boring. And then they brought out 5, uh, and you could start flying again. And all of a sudden, you know, you're shooting missiles, and there are races in the sky, and all these fun things. Far Cry 6... It, it brings this realism where you have these beautiful environments, you have realistic world conflict, you know, um, gorillas in, uh, in Latin America, the global South per se. Uh, and then you have an alligator with a shirt. Um, you have a dachshund in a wheelchair. Um, there's a gun that shoots CDs that plays the Macarena. Like, come on. I love I love all of these ideas, and I don't care how practical they are in game. It's just to get there and experience it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and then you know, even going back to what works, and of course, and you don't have a Far Cry game without an eclectic standout villain. And you got Giancarlo Esposito for this one. Um, uh, you know, the, his his kind of further reveal trailer, or he had that uh, that cinematic of him in the bottom of the boat. He usually plays such a muted character. You know, certainly that was my experience when I watched him in Breaking Bad and uh, watched him with the boys. And in this one, he just gets a little bombastic. And I think he's bringing that same intimidating flair. So super excited to try that out um, and, uh, and just get back into, uh, you know, blowing people up with a backpack. Like it, it's that kind of stuff that that makes me happy to to, to play games. Yeah, I know. I think uh, getting Giancarlo Esposito was huge, and I hope he has like one of those roles where he's actually a big part of the story, and it's not mm -hmm. just uh, some sort of cameo every once in a while. Uh, but yeah, it looks it looks like a fun game. Far Cry is always fun. You're hundred percent right because Pagan Min in uh, four. 
And even the, the most famous, arguably Voss from three, Voss was just one half of the game. And it, it was unfortunate to see him go and then get replaced by, well, I don't even remember his name. So I, I think this is, this is a tried and tested. This is their refined their method. So I'm willing to bet you're right that he is going to intersect with the protagonist frequently. And it's going to cause, it's going to make for, for a great story. So, yeah. Yeah, I hope so. I know I haven't played Cyberpunk, but I know everyone was worried about Keanu Reeves being kind of a cameo character. And what I heard is that he's actually a main character in the story. So I would yeah. hope that Giancarlo gets the same treatment and it's not just a marketing ploy. It'd be 100%. nice. It'd be nice. 100%. Cool. Uh, so I guess I'll give, I'll give my three here. Um, I don't have as much of a beautiful... Uh, way to express them as Spencer did. Spencer, I really liked how you presented your games. It was actually like, like made me, I'm like, maybe I should play Far Cry 6. <laughs> oh my God, Jamie. It's Far Cry 6. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, maybe you should have presented Far Cry 6. <laughs> you're, uh, you're breathtaking. <laughs> oh God. I actually am kind of happy there were none of those like, like memeable moments with that or, uh, um, the woman who presented Ghostwire Tokyo last year, who was like very animated. I can't remember her name. I know I'm going to get chewed up for it. Uh, I think it was Akumi, but I can't remember. Anyways, yeah, I'm, I was kind of like happy. I'm like, memeable moments aren't why I go to E3. I Show me the good games. Mm. Anyways, my three are, I guess they are in a particular order, simply because there's a clear number one for me. Um, Guardians is definitely my number two or three. And the same reasons that Justin already really talked about, Guardians came out of the gate looking like another licensed Marvel game. And then as we saw more of the gameplay, which they did show a lot, and some of the conversation stuff that was like Mass Effect, I saw Star-Lord's Ultimate that played uh, some songs, some retro songs, some nostalgic mm -hmm. songs. That was great. I thought that was really cool. That made me think like, oh, there's a lot of passion for this property. It's not just uh, another license. And uh, Eidos Montreal, I've heard great things about Deus Ex. I haven't played any, but uh, I probably should. So Guardians is up there for, for me, even though a lot of people hated the Square Enix presentation from what I read on Twitter. I actually really liked it. Yeah, uh, my number two... <sighs> Uh, so at one point it was this thriller from the Xbox conference called 12 Minutes, this interactive thriller, which looked pretty cool. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, it, it looked interesting, like an interactive thriller. I want to see more of it, though, still before I would say like it's that's the one. Yeah, so, we, my I, I, I know I, I was thinking the same thing because I'm such a star fucker. I was like, Willem Dafoe and Daisy Ridley. What are they doing there? Please tell me more. <laughs> I know, man. Like it, it looks like it'd be something cool. Like when when Heavy Rain came out, and people were all up ab about that narrative storytelling. Mm. So I'm looking for some. I I would like something like that. My number two switched more recently, and <laughs> and Justin's gonna hate this because he thought it was pretty boring. Uh, oh. Lake Lake actually looked really oh. appealing to me. <laughs> uh, I know, like there, you know what. Uh, I don't think there were that many great, great, great indie games that I saw this year, but Lake stuck out to me is just kind of a game. I'm like, oh, like I would actually really play that, and it would be such a different mood than every other game I play. Basically, you're kind of like a mail delivery person in a small town. It's very mundane gameplay, 
I think Donkey called it the next strand type game. Yeah. <laughs> That's <really> funny. <laughs> uh, I could see those comparisons. Yeah, but something that's kind of like relaxing, easy. There's a lot of conversations. Um, I think it takes place like 20, 30 years ago, where they and there's conversations about like movies that came out during that time. I thought it was cool. Sorry, that was the stuff that um, bugged me about it. I just thought like the like the it? voice acting, the the voice acting was just really weird to me. There was something about the voice acting that rubbed me the wrong way, and that's what that's all that turned that really turned me off of it. If the performances were better, I think I'd be a little more excited about that game. That's fair. I can, I can, I can give you that. It, I, I think I give it a lot of, of apologies though, because it's an indie game and it's like cute and mundane. <laughs> and so yeah. I just like, yeah, we need some mundane bullshit games. I want to deliver mail. Why the hell not? <laughs> uh, I'll put on, you know, as long as like it'd be nice to let me put on a little soundtrack in the background where I'm dropping off the mail. But yeah. I, I, to me. Sorry, go on, Spence. Yeah, I was to say Job Simulator UPS Edition. Yeah, <laughs> but like, you know, there's not like 20 different brands and I don't have to like look at the different letter openers and stuff. It's just, here's the mail. <laughs> it needs to be done. It's, it's a job that needs doing. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so I got like Life is Strange vibes, not so much to do Supernatural, but like the small town part. Mm -hmm. uh, but definitely, Justin is right. The uh, voice acting is not top notch whatsoever. <laughs> uh, shout, shout out to Lake, though. Wanted to give it that love. Um, and then my number one, which I'm sure is no surprise to either of you, uh, and it's probably the most controversial pick if you thought Lake was uh, out yes. of left field, is um, Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origins, which had. <laughs> What I would say was a trailer that pissed off fans, made others laugh, and made it look mediocre. Graphically, it looks like absolute garbage. Yes, they do say chaos way too much in the trailer. But all it needed for me was the Team Ninja logo coming up, and then I watched some of the demo, and it plays like Neo. So it's like Final Fantasy Neo, um, and the gameplay looks great. It's very much like a what Team Ninja did with Neo and uh, much like uh, the Soulsborne games, so uh, like Bloodborne and, and Dark Souls, it's very much a high risk, high reward, very perfected combat. Lots mm -hmm. Seems to be quite a bit of customization, much like old Final Fantasy games, which I really liked. I also know that Team Ninja take feedback obsessively, and you can look at the Neo 2 and Neo 1 uh, betas and what they did with those. So I, what I imagine is going to happen for those who are f frustrated with the uh, the chaos portion and uh, the graphics is that you'll see a much more refined, polished, and gameplay heavy experience when it's uh, it, when we see it next. And so I'm really excited for that. I think Team Ninja make great games, especially the Neo games. I think they're quintessential PS4 games. They're also on PC. So and I also love Final Fantasy. So to see one of my favorite developers right now and one of my favorite properties 10, 15 years ago before uh, some of the more recent games, I, I, have, I have hope. And I got really excited. I remember I had heard there was a rumor about it, but then when the trailer came up, like my wife was watching me and she's like, what the fuck? And I was like, oh my God, it's here. <laughs> uh, that was like one of those moments that I'm like, okay, E3, like you gave me my exciting moment. You gave me like, Something I didn't expect that was really fun. So that's why. Um, and I, I get it if you if you you if you're listening and you're like, "Fuck that game! That game looks stupid." 
Um, what I suggest is wait till we see it next year where they've taken the feedback and the gameplay is more refined and you'll, you'll have a tough time saying it doesn't play beautifully. So mm. I admire your ability to sort through the nonsense uh, and, and really just see the order and the chaos. Oh my God. <laughs> I, was, I was set up there for like a real compliment special. It is. It is. It's a compliment to you and an insult to Ninja. So, um, I, I think I, 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 it was well-founded. I think it's well-founded. I'll give you the love. I'll give you the love. Um, but yeah, don't, don't count out this game yet for, I think the final fantasy fans or the, well, if you're team Ninja fan, you're like, I know it's going to be good. You've, we've done this before boys. We've done this before. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But if you're a final fantasy fan, I get the skepticism. Just give it some time. Um, it will be a really good game. And I saw there's like an easy difficulty mode. So for you people who don't like Soulsborne, you can have your little story mode, which I respect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that moving on. I want to like, you have your story mode too. It's just that like, if you know Team Ninja, you know that like, they're here for the gameplay boys. Like, yes, yeah, Final Fantasy, but we're, we're, we're here for like this, like, like millisecond by millisecond gameplay. Sorry, if I pissed off any Final Fantasy fans, I'm sorry. Now I'm like, shit, it wasn't going to be that bad. Uh, I, I love Final Fantasy VII Remake. I love Final Fantasy VI. Don't hate me. Even ten was okay. This is why I don't give away your Strava details, because I knew you were going to piss a bunch of people off today. You just see it's just a bunch of people with just like uh, like baseball bats waiting at like the first landmark of my Strava run. <laughs> I was I was gonna say I was gonna say uh, I was gonna say uh, Minecraft pickaxes and waifu pillows loaded with pennies. Now they're coming for you, buddy. Spencer's <laughs> <laughs> address is. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would never do that. Um, let's move on though, guys. Uh, we're gonna. I want to talk about two conferences in particular. And after that, we'll, we'll talk about some of the other highlights from different smaller conferences. And then before we wrap up, we will talk about Sony and why they're not there and what we think they should do just from our gut reactions. So if you're, wait, if you're here for the PlayStation content, it's probably near the end of the podcast, so you can skip ahead. It's totally up to you. Mm. Uh, but I want to go through the Xbox conference, and I want to start with Spencer this time. What are your initial takeaway impressions from Xbox this year? Uh, you know, I, uh, I'm reminded of this old show business expression, or at least this movie production expression, uh, same but different, is you want to find a saleable concept, but you need your own little twist on it for it to seem unique in its own way. And, you know, many people who write for screen may see uh, kind of the structure in things and things and, uh, and, and you'll be okay with it because the way that those tools are played with are still interesting. Now, you know, you look at, Games like Back for Blood, it's Left for Dead. Sea of Thieves, Pirate's Life, it's the same game, but with the new property uh, uh, woven in. Obviously, Battlefield 2042 is the same thing, but I guess now climate change is an enemy you fight. I, I, that's the only <laughs> thing I can assume is what those tornadoes or those hurricanes are doing there in like downtown LA. Um, you know, uh, what else is there? Uh, Diablo 2 resurrected, The Outer Worlds 2, Outer Worlds 2. Uh, the, the most hilariously self-aware trailer I have ever seen. Um, though I got to be honest, probably a great way to cover for the fact that you had nothing to show in the first place. Um, so well played. 
Um, it was it was to me it reminded me of this conversation we had about PlayStation investing, uh, well, claiming that they were investing heavily in selling franchises, and then you know a week later walking back on it. Xbox, I don't think they're whack- walking back on anything. They know what the people want, and they're willing to give it to them in spades. Um, and and moreover, I think that they put on a clinic on how to do vague trailers. I mean, obviously, as I'd mentioned, Outer Worlds 2, um, talking about all the stereotypes of it. Contraband. I I love Steely Dan. I haven't heard Do It Again in forever. And it was just a great uh, soundtrack to vibe through the whole trailer. And, and it spoke about the game um, using... You know, very blatantly, very simply, uh, words, pictures, you you pick up things just by watching it over and over again. That's what I really liked about it. The one down point for me, and it, it, this is going to catch some contention, was the Starfield trailer. You know, they, they talk about having worked on this game for so many years, but I, I'm not sure what else to to grasp from this other than the art style. Maybe there's an ironic sense of humor. Um, there's a little shopping list they write where like, hey, uh, bring the tranquilium. Don't get decaf. And I was like, haha, it's coffee that puts you to sleep. But other than that, I, I, I'm not sure what it is I'm to be hyped for other than the fact that it's something new Bethesda is doing. You know, and I think that's just banking on your earned appeal. Um, so it, it, it started out very strange and it just kept my interest throughout the whole of it. And uh, and it was just cool for me to see that they are taking all these old properties in bold new directions. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you, I mean, as, as Jamie was telling me, like Game Pass is going to be all the much more tempting because of this. Game Pass took uh, the lead, I think, and they're going to be a much more enticing property than anything PlayStation's got right now because of this conference. So it was super entertaining um, as a gamer and as a, I guess, now a, a content maker, uh, an industry watcher. Oh, I took a, there were a lot of interesting points there. I'm going to jump. The first thing I'm going to ask about is the Outer Worlds 2. And I want to ask you both this. Did we, like, I thought Obsidian, especially because of the Bethesda purchase uh, from Xbox, I thought we were getting Fallout New Vegas 2 from them next. I was really surprised. That we got Outer Worlds too. Uh, you both played this game. Do you feel the same way, or is this like this makes sense? Let's do Outer Worlds again. Um, Justin, jump in. Yeah, I think it makes sense. Uh, I'm with Spencer. That trailer was really funny. Um, I wasn't sure what it was at first, which I think was probably part of the point. Yes. <laughs> uh, not until it, like it like zoomed out and you saw the the character standing on the cliff there with his helmet so you couldn't see his face because it's not ready yet um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah that was super cool uh i feel like i think new vegas 2 has just been rumors and like fans really wanting it kind of thing um versus something that's actually happening yeah i, I, I wrong I'm, on surprised. That. I'm surprised that um, like they wouldn't do it you know yeah. ma'am but uh, maybe the Bethesda purchase is too recent, or yeah. they're just like, we're kind of done with that. We want to do more of the Outer Worlds. Yeah. That's what I, I, I was curious the, about. I think Obsidian is also working on Avowed, right? Yes, they are, yep. Which is like the Skyrim-style like first-person fantasy game, but it's set in the world of uh, the Pillars of Eternity universe, I think. 
You're asking the wrong person, brother. <laughs> Pretty sure that's what I saw. Yeah. Those are like really fun top-down uh, RPGs, classic like Baldur's Gate style. They're pretty cool. Mm. And only on Xbox and Windows, which is like such a crazy thing to say now. Um, all these different Xbox studios that like a few years ago we wouldn't even imagine would be um, Xbox or Xbox exclusive. They've done an amazing job with that. No kidding. Sir, I've got to also jump over. Yeah, I think the was it Back for Blood is Left for Dead. Um, I'm with you. I think people wanted more Left for Dead. And so mm-hmm. uh, those the people I think were part of that uh, studio decided to, to be like, here's Left for Dead, but we can't call it that because we don't have the license to that. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm sure people will, will buy it anyways, right? As long as they're aware. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. My favorite like recent casual thing, like casual gamer thing is uh, Harvest Moon. So was it Natsume? I can't remember the publisher had the rights to call it Harvest Moon. And the original name is Story of Seasons. And so all the recent Harvest Moon games aren't actually by the people who developed the good ones. And now that's called Story of Seasons. So I have to I message all these people who are like, oh my god, a new Harvest Moon game. And I'm like, no, it's not by the same people. It sucks. <laughs> Their lawyers will hear you. No, 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 no. Like like people like anyone who I think who's played Story of Seasons the old Harvest Moon games would agree. And uh one of the like indie announcements was Friends of Mineral Town, which was originally called Harvest Moon Friends of Mineral Town for the Game Boy Advance. It's coming the remake's coming to PS4 now, not just Switch. So if you're interested in that stuff, look for Story of Seasons. True. Going back, total side note, I just am like, isn't it funny how licenses work? Yeah, um, Spencer, true. you mentioned Starfield. And I know a lot of people are excited for Starfield. I know that there's a specific date for Starfield that we talked about last episode. <laughs> I think it's complete bullshit. Um, Justin, do you feel that gamers were satiated, satisfied with what they showed of Starfield at E3 this year? Uh, I think it's good that they actually finally showed a trailer. Uh, yeah, it doesn't have gameplay, um, but but uh, with Bethesda Game Studios' history, they never really show gameplay until like the year it's coming out. Uh, Skyrim, they didn't show anything until like the summer of the year of that year. Uh, same thing with Fallout Four. Uh, so. It's not to me. It's not surprising. Like we'll we'll see some. I'm betting we'll see some in depth gameplay at E3 next year. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, yeah, man, like I, uh, sorry, Justin. I was going to say you make a great point. I mean, all of the the classic pullout trailers, you know, the shot pulling out from one point is is just exhibitions of art. So uh, and th- and I'll say those ones blew my mind. I guess it was just the cinematography uh, mm-hmm. that had done so. But you're making a point there. Yeah, and I did read. I think just today or yesterday, I saw like that trailer was captured in game, like in the game engine. So it's not like it was a cinematic trailer that was actually in the game, in mm. some form or another. Mm. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see the gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm more skeptical when they say stuff like that. Uh, what I will say is, I remember with Fallout Four, they like announced it and showed like a twenty fifteen, like a very long trailer about it with a lot of in depth gameplay, and it did come a few months later. So mm-hmm. you are into something with that. I can see what you're saying as far as the release date. What I will say, and this is my like hate on Bethesda, is uh, everyone who's making fun of the graphics for Stranger of Paradise, just wait till they show <laughs> show this. 
Y'all yeah. won't be insulting it then. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. I'm willing to eat my words. That's totally cool. Uh, I'm actually with Justin on this in the sense that, like, I think they just needed to show that, hey, Starfield is coming. Here's a trailer to give you a little tease. It's Xbox exclusive and PC. And, and here's when we think it's coming. Like, that was enough for me as someone who knew, like, they have to show this game and they mm-hmm. have to make it Xbox exclusive. And they did that. And, like, that to me was enough to be, uh, like, okay, they did what they needed to do. Um, I am with you, Spencer, though. I would have liked some gameplay. Yeah, well, sure. I'll, I'll tell you what. They probably had no idea what their competition was going to bring um, to the table. But they still came out being one of the more interesting trailers, uh, I, I, I think, just for lack of better competition. So, uh, lucky them. I suppose. Good on you, Todd. You uh, you live another quarter, buddy. <laughs> another fiscal quarter. I thought it was uh, interesting that they yeah. actually opened up the show with it, too. Yeah. I was convinced that if they were going to show anything of it, it would be like the show closer. Uh, but yeah, it was cool that they just opened it up. And then even with that, they actually closed it with a brand new announcement from also Bethesda. So they opened and closed, bookended it with Bethesda games. Yes, uh, really yes. Cool. True. I think it's good they open with it. I think Xbox needed to start with something like, you know, we're, like we we are serious this year. We need something mm-hmm. that like you you need to pay attention to us. And the the closer was great too. Um, and speaking of Justin, I, we haven't asked you what were your impressions of the Xbox conference. Yeah, I I, I liked it all in all. Um, I'm a big fan of Bethesda in general, so it was cool that these they, they kind of got roped in uh, to the same show. Um, there, there were probably only like two or three games that I wasn't like super enthused about, mostly like the JRPG type stuff. Um, everything else looked interesting at the very least. Even I'm not a big Forza guy, but Forza Horizon 5 looked gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, like all in all, I really loved it. And it was also nice coming off of the day before that was to me super boring in general. So it was also a little bit of a, a nice pick me up from a pretty lame day. <laughs> mm. That yeah. was, uh, the day before was like Ubisoft and um, Gearbox, Gearbox, right? Were the two big ones. Yeah. yeah, I remember you telling me those were not so great, which we'll probably talk about in a little while. So that's great. Uh, I share. I think for me, the real winner of E3 was Game Pass. 27 of the 30 games they showed are all like day one Game Pass games, which to me is just insane. Uh, like we're a PlayStation Plus podcast, but none of us are ignorant to the fact that Game Pass is an amazing deal and it's making a pathway for the future of how we ingest and play games, right? Mm-hmm. So seeing that was like, to me, just a big eye opener. I'm like, okay, so like Game Pass is this kind of thing that we're all at some point in the future, maybe in four or five years, I don't know how long, can all just be on, like, that's going to be how we get games. That's going to be just how we ingest games. And yeah. uh, I know I me, all of us, sorry, Spencer, jump. jump no, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if in, you know, big cable commercials or other YouTube trailers that that, get it on day one on game pass is the end of every game trailer uh from now until eternity uh it's just a a a very simple elegant refrain and uh worked for me you know uh i I think they're pushing the medium forward beautifully by doing that 
Yeah, it's an interesting discussion. I think maybe one that we we really need to have a week where we just kind of talk about Game Pass. We talk about Plus in just a more um, kind of side-by-side comparison sort of way and talk about what that means for the future. I do want to hold off on that, though, because I know Sony, and I think it was in April, said they do have a counterpunch to Game Pass, mm-hmm. which will probably, like, I'm assuming we'll see in late July or early August. Well, like that's just my prediction based on Sony in the past few years. Uh, but going going back, just yeah, Game Pass is really setting a precedent for where console gaming and gaming in general and uh, all uh, the way games are developed uh, may go. So that was the real winner of E3 for me. If you weren't really like sold on how, what a great deal Game Pass is or what it's doing, I think this really did that for me. Uh, I like, like I said with Justin, I like the. Oh, it was a Starfield trailer. Um, the JRPG stuff, I'm actually with you, Justin. I thought it was really out of place for, like, an Xbox conference. I don't know. Just I'm like, eh, that's not where you show that stuff. Like, <laughs> and I get they have, they probably are like, well, we want to show our diversity in gaming. And I get that. But, yeah, it was a weird one for me. It, was, it just was like, that doesn't seem like the right place to do that. Anyways, mm-hmm. uh, um I, I like most of the games. I'm not really an Xbox guy. Uh, Halo really excited me, other than the holiday window release date versus the actual release date. Starfield looks cool. Slime Rancher 2. I should probably play Slime Rancher, so I'm actually kind of curious about that. Yeah, you don't want to miss anything in the story, right? Uh, you don't want any spoilers. <laughs> it's just a fun uh, game, man. No, there's nothing wrong with that. I like it. <laughs> um, you know, I remember... I used to work for this magazine, like, geez, eight years ago now, something like that. Um, And we did like a launch and I had to review the Xbox One, knowing nothing about Xbox. My review was horrible. But the game they gave me to show it off was Forza 4 or Forza 5. I can't remember. Apologies to anyone uh, who's a Forza fan. But all I remember is uh, whatever I reviewed, it looked amazing and really showed off the power of the hardware. And this new Horizon game seems to do the same thing again. So I know they look to the Forza series every time they launch a new system to really be like, hey, like this is how good it can look. Yeah. Um, So yeah, Forza was like, whoa, that's that's a pretty game. That's a really pretty game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they showed a couple of stills from that, like just of the environment and their nearly indiscernible from real life it's crazy how good that game looks it makes total sense that use it as a technical exhibition i mean sound design obviously uh environment uh dynamic lighting like it's just phenomenal and they designed that i think it was a mercedes purely for the new forza game and it looks ferocious i love it (laughs) yeah um i think the reason they also show forza too and this is just my opinion is that about 10, 10, 15 years ago, it was a while ago, uh, Polyphony from Sony, who did the Gran Turismo series, where that was like the top, top racing simulator game. It was just like no one came close. And then Playground Games came out with Forza. And by the time we got to the Xbox One PS4 era, like Forza was, that's the game you play if you're into cars. That's the game that you, you play to get that uh, simulator experience. Yeah. And they had taken over Polyphony. Uh, with Gran Turismo. So the pedigree of Forza is extremely high these days. And the pedigree of Gran Turismo is, you, you if you pay attention to this stuff uh, closely, like Gran Turismo isn't the series that it once was. It wasn't, it didn't have, it doesn't have the pedigree it used to. So I see why they show off Forza so much because 
it really was like an underdog developer who crushed what was the top dog on racing sims. So mm-hmm. yeah, and the game looks great. Even Horizon's great too because like the Forza Horizon series because you don't have to really be a big car nut to enjoy those games. They're a little more arcade. Mm, true. Anyway, we all really like the Xbox conference, it sounds like, especially since uh, uh, Game Pass is great. And we know as a to um, upgrade a little bit. But in order to compete, I do Nintendo. I used to have a Switch and don't know that. And I actually want to start with Spencer on this conference. I'm, I'm very curious because two of your top three games of show, Spencer, were from a console you don't currently own, which tells me that like you were very much... Uh, uh, you must have been pretty impressed by this Nintendo conference. So I want to hear from you what you thought overall of the conference. Oh, I just... I, I'm a sucker for potential, you know? I love hype. And uh, I love, I think... Because for a very long time, I was stuck on this idea that Nintendo is uh, stagnated and that they're not innovating quite as well. And then Breath of the Wild came out and then Super Mario Galaxy came out. And I was like, wow, these are actually, you know, new ways to play and uh, innovating on old forms. It just feels like they're, you know, I'll say it again, same but different. They're, they encapsulate that better than anybody else. And as as much as I love the story, you know, couch controller television experiences uh, of of just kind of classic gaming and that PlayStation, you know, scratches that itch. Nintendo's just doing new and dynamic stuff. It's super cool to watch. Um, uh, You know, case in point, like uh, the Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, a a Dragon Ball game that is finally open world and, and kind of recounting the episodes of past. I haven't watched the series in a long time, but that looks fun. Uh, and it looks like it has a, an element of challenge to it. I already talked about Mario Golf. That looks fun. There's an element of challenge. There's a social element to it. Um, it, it when it, you know, at times it, it, it goes over for me. Like WarioWare. I, I, I get it. It's kind of like a cool mini game game, but does he have to speak in complete sentences? It's super annoying. I, I, I it was always fun for me when he would just kind of, wah. Or, or whatever, and now he's speaking in complete sentences, like like the new Scooby Doo movie, uh, the the one where I think it's Will Forte is Shaggy, and that Scooby Doo speaks in complete sentences, and it gets a little old after a while. It's almost grating. Um, so it 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 is eclectic, and it's a cool color palette, and it's doing, um, it it, it looks like fun gaming. But I think the reason I I don't have one for a while is because, um. I just, you know, it, it's social to me. It looked like a social system. And uh, my friends, you know, we all play Mario Party or we'll play Mario Kart like drunken bros do. Um, but uh, there's more reason for me to try and compel them to, to, to move over to Switch. Maybe split the costs on the thing. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's, 
it's worth being a two system person, I think, which is something I've never been. I've never been. Um, yeah, it's it, it just looks like fun. And I think they had a great conference. You know, they came prepared, which is what I also admire. All right. I want to I want to unpack a few things you just said. First, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, that game. And I'm going to I don't care who I offend here. That game sucks. Massive dick. Ooh. <laughs> um, I played it, so it's on. It's been on PS4 for like a year. Uh, it it the idea is really cool. Open world Dragon Ball Z. I'm with you. It yeah. just plays so repetitively. Like some of the more button mashy, older DBZ experiences, where it's like you're playing the same battle over and over, and you're pressing mm. the same button, and it gets mindless. I think it's a cool. I think it's a cool um, base for. Uh, I think it's published by Bandai Namco for them to kind of. Um, jump off of it is cool it's a cool idea though if you're there for the story i think you'll have a good time but yeah oh my gosh um i'm with you though i so i want to ask like you're saying that it's a with nintendo the switch you said it's a two system thing i I mean that i would own two systems i've never owned two systems i think it's just been a thing for me to to stick with one because that well number one's the finances i don't want to buy games for two systems um I guess they call it a discipline thing. Um, and uh, number two, I, 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 it's to me is when I'm gaming, I'm mostly gaming alone, you know. And I think PlayStation is just between the two, the better of the systems um, for those single player story games. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. Uh, I think actually, I would argue PlayStation's better for a lot of the multiplayer, not coach co-op, but like multi- online online multiplayer stuff just because mm-hmm. of the Nintendo Switch hardware. Uh, so I have a question because you were Xbox One. Did you sell your Xbox and buy the PlayStation 4? Uh, uh, donated, but... Donated, gotcha, gotcha. I'm, I'm oh, not here to purchase signal or anything. I'm not better than anybody because I gave it to <laughs> Ronald McDonald House. Um, <laughs> no, I, it, that was a, a, another reason I switched is because I saw God of War and I saw Red Dead Redemption and uh, and and frankly, you guys were playing PlayStation Two and I wanted to to hang with you. So it was all the motives were kind of me centric, not industry centric or right. um, creative centric. Where I was like, oh, mm-hmm. but this is this is the, the 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 bold new direction of games where I'm seeing Nintendo going right now, um, and it, it becomes more tempting every day to just. Hop in, you know, get two systems, I guess. That's cool. Yeah, I I totally see what you're saying as far as like the Nintendo conference made me want to uh, break my rule and get a, a Switch again. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm totally with you. I, I I heard you brought up Mario Golf, Breath of the Wild 2, and WarioWare a little bit. Uh, Justin, how, how about you, man? You're a dedicated Switch owner. Um, I know there were rumors of a Switch Pro. That wasn't brought up at all during this conference, and I, I think they're still not sure if or when this is going to be announced. How did you feel about this Nintendo conference? Uh, I loved it. I don't think there was anything really that I wasn't interested in. Maybe Shin Megami Tensei Five, just because again, I'm not really a big JRPG guy, uh, but it does look like a cool game for people who are into it. Um, there were just a couple little things that bugged me. I like. I was a little disappointed that Metroid 4 just got a little mention. Like, I mean, it, they ha- it had to get a mention when they're talking about Metroid Dread, but it would have been nice to see something finally. 
Um, and then also with uh, Mario Party Superstars, which was actually kind of a uh, a bit of a surprise announcement. Um, I was a little disappointed that it wasn't like a extension to Super Mario Party um, in itself, or that we just or that they didn't announce some kind of separate DLC for Super Mario Party. Because uh, that game has been ripe for updates since it came out, and they've never really done anything with it. Uh, they only just, like, maybe a month ago added online multiplayer to it, finally. Like, proper online, online multiplayer, so you can actually play, like, the the main board game. They had before, like, you could do, like, mini games online, but not the actual board. Um, but regardless, Mario Party Superstars does look super fun. Uh, it's bringing back some classic uh, boards and games from like the N64 era and updating them to modern graphics. Um, but one of the big standouts for me was actually Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> Those true. games on Game Boy Advance were super fun. I, play, I played them actually mostly on like emulators in high school. <laughs> Me too. Um, <laughs> but they're super fun games. I'm really excited to pick those back up again. Um, also, yeah, Super Mario or Mario Golf Super Rush looks super fun, like Spencer was saying, uh, with some really fun game modes. They even have like a single player like adventure mode with some interesting mechanics going on there. There's actually like boss fights <laughs> in a golf game, which is really interesting. Um. Uh, another one that was interesting was uh, Danganronpa Decadence, which is bundling the first three games. And uh, the I guess there's like a some, some kind of board game, mini game in the third game that they've now separated into its own game and like fleshed out. Yes. Uh, which looks kind of cool. Um, and I've been hearing good things about those games for ages. I think I actually have one of them on PC. I've just never got around to playing it. But this collection on Switch seems like a good excuse to finally get into those. Um, and yeah, I, um, I gotta jump in, Justin. Those games, those yeah. games are really, really good. <laughs> uh, go, go on. We'll, 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 we'll unpack it. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, yeah, Breath of the Wild Two looked gorgeous. Um, mm-hmm. I never actually finished the first game completely. Um. Which is probably a little blasphemous for someone who owns a Switch <laughs> and loves it as much as I do. Um, I keep I keep wanting to go back to it and like kind of start over over from the beginning because I think the first time I played it, I wasn't really approaching it with the right mindset. Um, so I'd like to play it again. Uh, but yeah, the second one looks awesome. Like there's islands up in the sky now, um, and it looks like you have some sort of new like time bending or reversal ability like there, there was a little scene in the trailer where there's like the, the spike ball rolling down the hill and then he, he hits it with his power and like rolls back up and hits yeah. the, uh, the moblins on the way back up which is kind of cool that was sick um, yeah. mm-hmm. but then yeah for Switch Pro I know there was like rumors of it being shown this year which I think Nintendo kind of quickly quashed uh, saying they're just it was going to be a software focused presentation uh but there are people thinking that because of like the way the graphics looked in the uh, mario and rabbit sparks of hope that that might actually be a switch pro game um so people are thinking it's definitely on the way maybe next year or early I 2023. Remember, yeah. yeah um 
I'm not sure if I would pick one up right away. I still want to get freaking after that Xbox show. I was literally on eBay Games website seeing if I could get a Series X. <laughs> yeah. No luck, of Don't course. Don't blame but... you. Don't blame you. I wish I could too. Yeah. Uh, okay, speaking so... of yeah, Spencer mentioning mentioning uh, discipline and only having one console. Meanwhile, I'm here with a gaming computer, a Switch, a PS4, <laughs> Quest Two, looking into getting a Series X. <laughs> no discipline. Uh, and also, like a, a little, a little honorable mention, I guess they, they also showed off the uh, Zelda Game and Watch, um, right? For the the thirtieth anniversary, which has the first three games plus a little a game called Vermin, which I guess was an old Game and Watch game, but featuring Link as the character instead of Mister mm-hmm. Game and Watch, which looks kind of cool, but not something I would buy. But it was kind of interesting. Yeah, I think they had big success with the Mario one a year or two ago. Um, right. where I think it, it, I remember that was pretty, like people were pretty excited about that. So much like the micro consoles they did with the mini uh, NES and the mini Super Nintendo, I imagine this is a way for them to fell in on the nostalgia and give something cool to their, their base. Justin. Mm-hmm. Yes. Danganronpa. So you've never played them before? Nope. Spencer, you told me, we tried it earlier, you weren't so hot on these. I I tried watching it, man. It's just, uh, I don't know. It, it, it's not my slice of cake. It's, uh, it, it just see, it's very campy, and there's, there's a place for campy, and it has a very dramatic theatricness to it, but uh, as far as the trappings, like art style and music and whatever i i i'm not as i'm not as much a fan now maybe i i fall in with the characters and the writing but in order to get to that place i need to i guess enjoy the the aesthetics of it so you didn't you didn't like the opening theme no then maybe i didn't send it to you let me let, <laughs> maybe i didn't send it too many times enough times yo i have that was my ringtone for like a year <laughs> oh my god i uh um danganronpa and I think one reason I want to focus on Danganronpa is because, Spencer, you made a good point. Of, like, a lot of people watching the Nintendo conference will look at that and be like, I don't know what that is. Who cares? Uh, those games were, like, the biggest surprise when I had to review them on Vita. And they are so good. The writing is so good. It's definitely... Like, it's campy in the sense that there's some cheesy jokes here and there, but the the murder mystery aspect of it is really well done. You get to investigate. Um it's a lot. It's it's very wacky and zany. Uh, if you're into that, and yes. Justin, you actually told me that you're not really into ver- visual novels, and it does have a visual novel component mm-hmm. to it. Do you think, based on just everything you've seen about it, that you'd be cool with the way it presents its visual novel aspects? Yeah, I think it's more like a lot of visual novels are just like pretty straightforward. Like, there's not much else to them, but this one has like more of that like you said, like the murder mystery aspect and the the weird like battle royale kind of story for lack of a better word. <laughs> yes. Yes. Very <laughs> so much. The, like that, that that part of it seems pretty interesting to me. Um so yeah, there's just there's just a little bit more to it than most uh visual novels that I've seen out there. It's it's definitely like I the way I used to sell it to people was if it's like if you mixed Ace Attorney with Battle Royale. 
And I think that does a really good job of kind of telling you what you're getting into, that it's not just mm -hmm. like, yes, there's text to read, but you have to find clues. You have to make sure to bring up the right time. It's crazy over the top. There's a lot of killing, a lot of blood. Uh, so, so yeah, yeah. Danganronpa is just like a, an interesting pick to put in an E3 conference because when I reviewed it, like nobody knew what it was. No one had really heard of it except for a very small crowd. And so that they thought it, I guess it, the fact that they thought it, it has enough of a following to like promote in an American conference in E3, I was, I was like, oh, damn. Danganronpa oh, got man. big. I mean, watching the uh, the Ace Attorney reveal was a uh, eye opening, because you know, yeah. it, and you're allied with your friend Herlock Sholmes. The comment section's like, oh, "No way, he's here!" I'm like, "What? Did, did I just have a stroke, Herlock Sholmes? <laughs> what the fuck?" And 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 people are going nuts. One guy commented, "It's Ben Shapiro, the game, twelve times." <laughs> I counted. So if he's listening, I want you to know that I, I saw and uh, and it was it was compelling. Great comment because it, it just kind of pointed out to me the 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 austerity of it, the craziness and that, yeah, there is camp. And if you're willing to just let go of that, you have a lot of fun with it. But I can't let go of Herlock Sholmes. <laughs> That's just it's uh, OK. Hold up. Hold up here, though. Herlock Sholmes, I think they did that because there's trademark issues with Sherlock Holmes that they'd have to pay in order to use that name when they, they, when they localized it. Name him something else. Just make him a detective and name him something else, you know? Don't borrow the... This is way funnier. <laughs> this is way more fun. I would have been like... I, would, I feel like there's a conversation between like the, the director and like um, um, higher-up management being like, so can we, can we do this? Yeah, we, whatever. <laughs> he's like, yes. I'll yeah. have my little laugh. Imagine, um, being, imagine, yeah, imagine being an entertainment lawyer. So, like, so Sherlock Holmes doesn't work. No, sorry. What about Herlock Jones? Let me get back to you on that. <laughs> I thought it would have been cool if they also like, like gender bent him so it was a, a, a lady being called Herlock. <laughs> Herlock. <laughs> that would be cool. That would be a great um, idea. Yeah. Also, also that was that was the Capcom presentation, right? <laughs> I know. I just yeah. I, I, so, I guess, just so people know listening. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I I think I just wanted to make the equivalent because it is one of those investigation games. It has that interesting art style. Um, the the way you were describing Dog and Rampa to me, it just felt like it was worth comparison. Sure, for sure. Uh. My spicy take is that I think Danganronpa is 10 times better than Ace Attorney, but they both have their fans. Um, Objection! Yeah, yeah, no, fair. <laughs> and, you know, having, having Capcom as the developer definitely gives you quite a boost in popularity because they're, they're one of the greats. Uh, but uh, Danganronpa, definitely worth checking out. Breath of the Wild 2 looks great, and Justin, I never finished Breath of the Wild 1 either. I loved it, though. Um, you, what else did you guys mention? The, yep, Mario Golf was great. I think we chatted about that. Advance Wars was one of the big surprises for me. Um, mm -hmm. I know we talked about Metroid Dread uh, earlier when Spencer mentioned it as one of his game shows, so I think we all agree that game looks good and it's coming out really soon. Oh, yeah. Advance Wars was weird, though, because for years people have asked for it to come back. And my gut is that this, like, remake, reboot, whatever you want to call it, is really meant to see uh, how much interest there really is and if they should do like advanced wars 3 and i think the big selling point for me was the the selling point and justin you mentioned this to me is that there's going to be online play yes yeah 
Yeah, they mentioned that, that after, afterwards in the uh, in like the Nintendo Treehouse portion when they were playing it. They mentioned there was going to be uh, online for it, which is pretty cool. That's a big selling point, and that that really shows like, okay, what's so different about this game other than the aesthetics? Is like, oh, being able to play online with anyone. Oh yeah, like there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of love there. Uh, one thing we didn't mention <laughs> is we didn't talk about Fatal Frame being ported from the Wii U and it's coming to PS4. So I just want to give my little shout out. I want to play that. I don't know. I've never played Fatal Frame. It looks weird and scary and fun. And it's on PlayStation, so we get to to get that. Um, the last I thing I want to bring up. Pokemon Snap. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's my, yes. um, <laughs> it's so funny. I had a friend come over on Saturday, and she brought her Switch, and she showed me new Pokemon Snap. And I was like, oh. I do want to switch. <laughs> but I had to hold back being like, no, I'm, I'm like you, Spencer. I'm like, I need to be like like one company at a time. Stick with Sony for now. Yeah. The last uh, thing I want is to be some like tasteless Bloomberg article. And I was like, uh, millennials are killing the housing market because they're buying three consoles. Study fines. You know, some shit like that. <laughs> that's an oddly specific response but i respect it <laughs> i gotta wrap the millennials hate, i have a love-hate relationship with bloomberg news but sometimes they really hit it and sometimes they really miss it yeah that's fair um jason schreier's there though and the guy is excellent at his investigative reporting for no matter sure. how you feel about him so for sure uh at least we're covered in the video game department for now mm-hmm so with all that said, uh, the last thing I'm going to bring up with Nintendo, and it's only because, Justin, you said it, and Spencer, you told me before the show, and, it, and I just got to rep my boys, is uh, Shin Megami Tensei V. Uh, I can't believe neither of you have any interest in this game. I'm just so shocked. Uh, especially since we all played Pokemon growing up. So I'm going to give well, you a chance now just... to apologize. No, I'm just kidding. Justin, <laughs> why, why aren't you, why you have no interest in this? And Spencer, I'll go to you after. Uh, JRPGs in general just end up being way too long for me. Um, the few that I have played, I've really enjoyed for the first like 10 to 20 hours I play them, but then it just gets like, oh man, this is just the same over and over now. Or it's just like it, they just move a little too slow for me, is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And in the case of like Shimagami Tensei, like you compare it to Pokemon, like I'll just go play Pokemon then. <laughs> <laughs> How dare <laughs> Spencer? Is it the same with you? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's you know what I I think with any genre you have a certain set expectations, right? And uh, it works for some people, some people it don't, you know, um, JRPGs just have a certain amount of tropes that just don't gel with me. And honestly, I don't play Pokemon anymore. I'm, I mean, Pokemon Go was the last game I played, and that was just an excuse for me to go for a walk. Um, so I, I think I'm moving away from that. I'm, and it, it goes back to what I'm saying with Nintendo, where these new dynamic, arcadey, active styles of gameplay and you just don't find that as much for jrpgs in my opinion no i I, and spencer your response i actually i understand more than justin's because i would say like i would argue um smt4 which is on the 3ds i think it's i think it's better than pokemon in the sense that uh you get real life mythological characters there's backgrounds in all of them it's got a much it's much more challenging 
I don't know. That like that's how I would put it. Um, but and also know like people like Pokemon because it's so casual. Mm-hmm. And Justin, maybe that's your big uh, one of your big pulls back into Pokemon is it's yes. a nice casual experience. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I just find it crazy because it's a Switch exclusive, and it's like one of the games that like oh I would buy a Switch just to play SMT because it's so addictive. Um, but that's fair. That's fair. Different strokes for different folks. Mm. I respect that. True. Um, that being said, though, uh, Persona, even if you're not a JRPG fan, I would say by the same people, both done by Atlas, I would say is worth checking out just because that's like the, 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 a billion different genres in one. And even if you don't like the JRPG uh, grind or whatever, it does uh, a lot of other stuff that's really cool. Are Moving Persona on. SMT like linked somehow? Oh, okay. All right. Uh, yes. So, <laughs> is, is this going to take a whole other podcast to explain? Oh, we'll, look. Whenever like the next Persona game comes out, we will have an entire podcast dedicated to oh, it. Are you all, kidding? All of us. We. Spencer, I feel like the fact that you haven't played Persona Five or even tried it, like I feel like I need to like shove that down your throat aggressively. But I won't. <laughs> it, it, it's it's one of the quintessential PlayStation Four experiences. Like I don't think you can deny that it's top five best games on. I know, man. Platform. I know. But ever since I started this this podcast, I have five quintessential PlayStation Four experiences in my backlog right now. So, um, Shay, touche. Ran to it, maybe. Um, great music. If you love, if you like good music, it's got. I do. And I do amazing music, especially if you like jazz, acid jazz music. It's just wild. Um, so as far as the link is that um, SMT stands for Shimigami Tensei, as we said, and Persona actually used to be a spin-off game from SMT. Right. So I think the first three Persona games, maybe the fourth, but I don't remember, were all, sh- the names of them were Shimigami Tensei Persona 3, or Persona 1 or Persona 2. And then Persona became so popular, so like it's such a massive success, they're like, this is bigger than SMT. We should separate the two and make them like just like separate from each other. So you'll see Persona 5 is just Persona 5. It's not Shimigami Tensei Persona 5. Yeah. And Persona 4 is the same. Gotcha. And yeah, I'll keep it at that. There's more, there's more we could talk about, it, but we won't. Um, so we've talked about Nintendo. We talked about Xbox. Seems like we both really enjoyed those conferences in particular. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask is, are there any other conferences that we thought we really enjoyed or that we thought we really thought were a waste of time which i know is is quite a few and spencer i'm just gonna jump in with you because you mentioned a 45 minute conference and i think i know exactly which one you're talking about that was a massive waste of time could have been an email um why don't you you start us off buddy oh my god it's capcom man i i like i of course i'm i'm not adept on their uh library right now but even as I was watching it, I was like, okay, Monster Hunter stories. Well, that's it's Monster Hunter, all right? I mean, I guess that's popular. That's fine. Um, oh, Ace Attorney. Yeah, I've heard of that. That's that's there. Okay, that's there as well. Oh, Re- Resident Evil 3? Um, n- n- no? Not 3, uh, no Village, you mean. Sorry, Village? Yeah, Sorry, Village. Yeah, okay, yes. Village? Uh, yeah, that's the, the tall... Uh, uh, Lady, yeah, I've I've seen that. I've seen the memes. <laughs> I love that. So you remember? Yeah, it's the tall lady one. <laughs> oh come on! Wait, 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 okay, Lady Dimitrescu. Yeah. What's the protagonist's name? Ethan. God damn it! <laughs> he was the he was the protagonist for seven. That's why. Oh, okay. It's the same Fair guy. Enough. Well, you know what? It just there. 
But as a passive observer, I'm like, well, I've heard of all these things. Um, I guess it's just new new variants of them. But then all of a sudden it's, hey, we've got skins for this game. Uh, uh, hey, there's this, this multiplayer is coming out. Well, actually, it's already there, but just to remind you that it's there. And then after I did some research, like people are like, where's Resident Evil 3? Like, well, that's a that's a good question. Why are you doing all of these games called Resident Evil? Not one of them is three. You know, you mean uh, you mean four, right? Because three got a remake last year. Right. Excuse me. Because I think four. they're I think they're remaking four and there's my there's going to be a VR. So people mm. were expecting that. No. Yeah. Anyway, it. Uh, yeah, it just didn't seem great. And then the other thing that really put me off was kind of the production value. Of it, like they got a host and they got a nice stage and all these things to present nothing, nothing we don't already know. Um, it just seemed like they put too much effort into uh, uh, recounting how much, how how little effort they have put into this conference. I I I think I just spoke myself in circles there, but it just uh, out of all of them, it. It seemed like the, the biggest waste of time. And that's talking about Razor. That's including Razor, who spent a substantial amount of time talking about the charger for their new laptop. Um, again, it's just, it's, 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 it's bad to be bad, but it's worse to be bad by comparison. I'm impressed you even uh, looked at the Razor conference. As soon as I, I, yeah, I didn't even watch Razor. Yeah, like, no, <laughs> but this is like, this is it. Where it's like, man, these guys are really well studied. I got to bring my game today. And uh, I'm actually kind of glad you guys didn't watch Razor because now I have that on you. And let me say, I regret <laughs> watching Razor. <laughs> it was so boring. <laughs> I wrote yeah, so many is, uh... stupid notes. I got to respect the commitment. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I'm with you all the way, though, Spencer. The Capcom conference was like, we know about all these games. The only new thing was like a line of text being like, hey, we're going to make DLC for Village. I'm like, okay. Oh, God, that, yeah. That was ridiculous. <laughs> uh, my my big, uh, I told Justin this, and, and we chatted about this, is like, I think actually showing as much as they did of the Ace Attorney game. I, I can't remember the new one. Is it Ace Attorney Chronicles? I'm totally going to get Ace this wrong. Great. That's it. The great Ace Attorney Chronicles. I actually think showing more made the game look worse. And I say yeah. that because the people who are going to buy the new Ace Attorney game already know they're going to buy it. So they have, you have that crowd who's already watching it and they're like, cool, it's more Ace Attorney. I like that. It's the same stuff. There's a few new little things. And then you have a casual crowd who's watching, expecting like Street Fighter Six or the next Marvel versus Capcom or Monster Hunter. Mm -hmm. And as someone who's played the Ace Attorney games, and they're fun, they're good, they're they're slow, but they're fun. I was like, casual people watching this are just going to be more inclined to never play Ace Attorney ever. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it just went on, and I'm like, this just is making it seem really boring and like not that exciting. So. I think like Capcom almost did it, made it worse by just showing more of a game that we all know what it's going to be about. Yeah, it, it felt like the their presentation in general was for people who are already fans of these games. Um, that was also like I think it was the third time we'd seen Monster Hunter Stories two over the weekend. Yes, was that their actual conference so was at that point. I was like, okay, I don't care about this anymore. <laughs> like, shut up. Um, yeah. But that said, I I don't I think 
Capcom doesn't hold the candle to how pointless Gearbox's presentation was on the Saturday. Yes, the only the only interesting thing was Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, which was already announced at the Game Fest kickoff. Um, other than that, it was just Randy Pitchford showing behind the scenes of the the movie that's coming out, which she couldn't actually show anything. So why? Um, and then it was just a bunch of games that are already out or we already knew about or we'd already seen in other places. It was just, yeah, that one was the biggest waste of time to me. At least I think it was only half an hour at least. So it wasn't too bad, but yeah, it was true. And they built this big all-star cast like Andy Samberg, but they couldn't even show a character with like a voice line. They couldn't even give us a semblance of what they're doing in, in yeah. the story itself. Yeah, I think everyone was hoping, like after the Game Fest announcement of one of Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, uh, we were hoping for like some more detail. Gameplay on, uh, and then yeah, that was it. But that said, I myself don't seem like you play these games. <laughs> like you seem like like the fakest PR yeah, stunt ever. It, it really, it really seemed like it was very hammed up. Um, and and yeah, I think that one one quote was like, "How cool was that?" It was like. He said it was cool. Uh, I was gonna say was, that was about a two, a two out of ten for me, lady. What about you? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Um, and and no, no disrespect to her. Like I, I'm, I'm sure. I'm not sure what her, what her uh, role is in the company. And she probably, it seemed like it was all very teleprompter and very PR and very fake. Uh, it just like it made it worse for me that experience because. It didn't seem like she was into the games, so that I'm like, I like now I'm worried. Are like these games real? Like, should I? Yeah. Are they worse than you're what you're trying to say? Because you seem yeah. like just a little too convinced. This is the greatest thing ever. I mean, um, I mean, hell, even in Bethesda's, the 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 people they had come out were a bit, meh. but like they had good games to back it up, so you forgot about it quickly. But she really had no material to work with, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, with Bethesda and Xbox, though, like, even when they had the little hamminess, by then you kind of like, I'm into this conference. Yeah, man, show off your game. Mm -hmm. uh, but for someone to be like, are you excited about Monster Hunter stories, too? Like Justin said, and I'm like, I never was that excited. Why are you so excited? Because yeah. everything I've seen tells me, like, we shouldn't be that excited or like it, it, it is what it is. Um I was also, when they went to Capcom Fighters, I thought they would at least do maybe like a character reveal of a new Street Fighter V character, because I'm like, that's cool. I would maybe pay for that. And it was just kind of rehatch, like, hey, you know that we do this like tour and you can watch the fighting games? Well, guess what? You can still watch the fighting games. And I was like, yeah. okay. Oh my God. I will so, continue hey, to you, watch the fighting games. <laughs> you guys want to watch fighting games? Well, here are people who play the fighting games, but they're not going to play the fighting games. <laughs> Yeah, well, the, the, they they talked about it, but it, yeah, the Capcom Fighters was more like, let's just let's just promote it 
and tell them it's it's good still. So I that made more sense to me than like like as Justin said, showing Monster Hunter stories too for the third time in the, in one weekend or uh, fifteen minutes of Ace Attorney for uh, an American crowd that isn't that into Ace Attorney probably or already knew they were going to buy it. Um, hmm. th- th- those are the things that were weird for me. Uh, Gearbox, though, in f- in fairness, they did announce there's going to be DLC for Village. Gearbox was like there was nothing. Yeah. Um. That that and so I get that. Um. Summer Games Fest though was was pretty fun, just because I know that's where Tiny Tina was announced. Um. So why don't why don't we move the conversation maybe a little over like some other conferences we liked? And Justin, I want you to jump us off. Give us some positivity. What should we yeah. be excited for? Um. Yeah, like you said, the, the Summer Game Fest kickoff was pretty fun. There was a lot, to me, there's a lot of filler stuff, a lot of, like, Jeff Keighley getting all this, like, oh, these guys paid me money, let's get their shit out of the way. Um, but obviously, we also got the Elden Ring announcement there, finally. Super cool. Uh, which I know a lot of people are hyped Eat. for. I'm not super excited. The trailer definitely looked cool, but I'm not a big Soulsborne person. I always like the idea of the games, but then in practice, I just fail miserably at them so <laughs> turns me off a bit um but also yeah like i mentioned before i was streaming some uh some pc demos and those all came from there was the future games show and then there was the pc games show that all had some really cool stuff um a couple of the highlights for me were there was a, there's a game called uh, beacon pines where you play like a it's like a bunch of little cartoon anthrop- anthropomorphic characters um, and you're going through like the storybook kind of setting. Uh, but the really cool thing in it is as you're going through, you have these uh what do they call them? I can't remember the name of it now. There's like there's like a point in the story where you like you fill in you fill in the story in the or you fill in a word in the in the story and it changes the outcome of it. Um and like you find these charms as you're going and it changes the words. Um and then you can it's almost like a choose your own adventure. Um and then eventually you hit like a point where it's almost like a game over, but then you can actually go back to these different pivotal moments and change the word, and that changes the outcome of the story. And so it's pretty cool that way. And there's also uh, one of the other highlights was uh, Severed Steel, which is like, uh, I played the demo for it, and I, I basically got like Mirror's Edge meets Hotline Miami, which is really cool. Okay. So it's it's like a first-person shooter. But you're doing like fast paced, like wall running and slides and double jumping and all this stuff as you're clearing out these rooms, going into slow mo, taking out all the guys in it. And it's pretty fun. Uh, what else was there? Ubisoft was okay. Um, we got the first look of uh, Mario and Rabbids there, which I was skeptical at first. We heard rumors going into like there was leaks. I think I guess Nintendo had leaked it prior to the Ubisoft conference. Um, which I was kind of skeptical because I played the first one and like it didn't leave me wanting more or anything like that. Um, but then seeing like some of the new changes for this new one actually got me a little excited. Uh, what else was there? Naraka Blade Point on, had man. a bunch of stuff. You're, you're <laughs> missing the big boy though. What our Square our Enix? boys at Square? Yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we covered the highlights of Square, didn't we? We didn't cover the lowlights, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. 
But you wanted me to uh, keep it positive. You take. Be positive. I know, I know. And future <laughs> game show I really liked as well. Uh, Lake respect. There's some Kiwi game too where you play as I think mm-hmm. a Kiwi with uh, like that was cute where you're in an office and you have to. It's kind of like a platformer with uh, yeah, mail. That was mail pretty room, fun. Yeah. Co-op puzzle game. Mm. And then David Jaffe randomly <laughs> made an announcement too. I like David Jaffe so. I was, I was, I don't care at all about the games you show, but I'm like, oh, cool, yeah. David yeah. Chaffee's on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, some Rune Factory stuff, I think, was announced. I think Rune Factory 4 Special is coming to PS4, and Rune Factory 5 is coming to Switch next year. It's like a Harvest Moon, but there's also RPG combat, like action RPG combat. So that was cool. I'm with you, though. There, there was a lot of like positive indie game stuff that I feel, even though they had their own conferences, like didn't get as much love as it should have. Mm-hmm. Those, uh, those games always get overshadowed. Do I have, have Do I have to have highlights? Because I only wrote lowlights for this uh, section. I like. Okay. Been no, that's fine. I, I Justin like can be the positive one. I like to think I've been <laughs> decently positive, uh, except for the Capcom thing and the <clears throat> the Doku. Um, oh gosh, how do you pronounce it again? Are you talking about Doki Doki Literature Club Plus? No. What's the other D? The other. Angan Rampa. Yes, thank you. How dare you? All right, fine. (laughs) You know what? Then let me let me just direct my attention to uh, uh, something that was a little disappointing for me. WB did not show us anything for Suicide Squad or Gotham Knights. I love their stuff. I love the idea of uh, the Suicide Squad game because it 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 was reminiscent to me, or at least could bring back uh, the days of like. Uh, X-Men uh, Legends, you know, those side-scrolling beat-em-ups I played with my little brother. Um, and uh, I, I didn't see anything. The, the last trailer was, it, it gave us this humorous promise and uh, and something that'd be cool um, and a great way to use the property and kind of, frankly, give DC a little bit of of energy in the, uh, the video game market, but nothing about that. Um, no Gotham Knights either. Huge fan of the Arkham series in Batman, um, and I think there's there's been a sufficient amount of time since the last game that they should have something to show for us, or 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 just uh, something to something they can say that oh, this game's going to be a little different, and it's going to really um, draw your interest. So, you know, as a as a comic book guy, and I'm telling you now, I think we would have had a great conversation. Should they have shown us gameplay from Suicide Squad and we would put it side by side with Guardians of the Galaxy? Because you could arguably see that same eclectic humor, um, you know, a, a similar team competition and uh, and then talk about inevitably the, the future of both franchises in the film world. So um, it was unfortunate. I mean, it was it was cool as I was watching. Then by the end of it, I was like, wait a minute. I actually had an expectation for this conference and I was and I actually feel left down let down so um yeah i i actually feel like a, a video game fan for once like a like an actual guy who watches the news and shit i uh, i think it's a good point uh definitely when they showed off that suicide squad cg trailer i think it basically let us all know like this game is a far away from being done far far away so i wasn't surprised that it wasn't here 
I guess the only my big surprise, and to your point, Spencer, is like I thought they would maybe show some gameplay, like just to be like this is what it actually is. So that just tells me there's there's probably a they're probably way behind the development. Rocksteady, because mm-hmm. Rocksteady, are, it's Rocksteady are doing the Suicide Squad game, which is in the same continuity as the Arkham series, and then Gotham Knights is WB Games Montreal. And I'm not sure like where that falls into canonically the this series. I do know Gotham Knights was. A, I think sorry, go on, like a, It's like a spinoff. Like I don't think it's actually in the canon. I think is what okay. I remember. Okay. And I th- and WB Games they also they did Arkham Origins as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. That that's that's so I know Gotham Knights got delayed. To 2022. I remember mm. reading that at one point. Yes, it was postponed. It was actually supposed to come out um, this year, but it got delayed. <laughs> that game is going to come out. I probably will come out in 2022. Uh, I think Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. We're not going to see for a very long time, though. Not to burst your bubble, Spencer. I mm. want to see it too. Mm. But yeah, it would be nice to see it against <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. Like I. I think it would probably crush it simply because it's Rocksteady and they've done such a good job so far. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. as, much, as much as I, I love the promise of Guardians of the Galaxy, that you can't play as any other character is a demerit against it. Yeah, it, what a weird choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially since you can kind of like control them all and give them, let them pick what moves they do. Like, yeah. What, what an yeah. odd choice. And so here's hoping the AI is good. I see it as like it's, right. it's sort of a Mass Effect type deal. Like they have like Star Lord as Shepard, basically. Like you you have your single player with all your companions that you control and interact with. I've mm-hmm. uh, I, I I've got a, I've got a bet here. I bet you they will release as DLC later on um, the ability to switch and play as other characters during combat. Well, that's I put the money down right now. That's fair. Um, I don't know if it would be I, that as much as like. Maybe in like story DLCs, you control one of the other characters instead, like at like as a sequel to the main story. Perhaps, but I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on the precedence I have, which is Final Fantasy 15. They had you play throughout the entire story as just the main character, and then a year later, they released DLC. You could play as all four of your like combat. And no. my my reasoning for it is like they announced the game just a few months before it comes out. I think this would be an easy paid DLC to do and everyone will want to play as the other characters. But you could be right, Justin. I just see this mm-hmm. as like, these other characters seem really fleshed out and everything they can do and how they move. It seems really weird they wouldn't give that option at least later on. So <laughs> For we'll sure. see. It'll be interesting to see how that pans out, whether uh, it's story DLC or it's nothing or it is uh, like a paid DLC where you can adjust it. We'll see. Uh, moving on. So we, Spencer, you talked about, oh my god, we talked about what wasn't there. Sorry, Rocksteady. Justin talked about some highlights of the indie games. I gotta bring up Square Enix. Uh, I loved Guardians. I loved Final Fantasy Origins. But I have to go with the angry mob crowd here with the Final Fantasy 1-6 to collection that we were all expecting to be on Switch or PS4 or Xbox. And then that just that uh, announcement at the end, Steam Mobile. Oh, that like crushed me. I, uh, I, 
they it, the same thing happened with Seven Remake a few months ago, where they had some spin-offs of that, and they're both mobile, and people would spend lots and lots of money to just to just play those again. So uh, I was really disappointed with that. Yeah, and I think I'll, a lot I'll of other people were too. Uh, I love seeing the reaction clips to that. <laughs> just. Oh, like different streamers and content creators all expecting what you said, like coming to Switch or PlayStation or something like a quote unquote real console. And then, then just being like completely disappointed. And <laughs> it was just kind of funny to watch as someone who doesn't give a shit about those games. Personally, it was pretty funny to watch. <laughs> I, I can respect that as as a fan. It was just like. I was less upset just because when they did the Final Fantasy VII Remake presentation, they did Ever Crisis, which is where they took, they said they're going to take every single Final Fantasy VII game, like the prequels, sequels, midquels, and put it all into one um, game where it's like a turn-based RPG and you go through the story. And then when they announced it was only on mobile, I was like, are you kidding me? I'd pay insane amounts of money to play this on PS4. Um <laughs> And then they have a there's the uh, battle royale where you are uh, play as like a wannabe soldier, on and it's only on mobile. And I'm like, I heard the game's bad anyways. But just yeah. another thing, I'm like, you got the game on PlayStation Four exclusive, and now you're telling me that to play the spinoff, it's only on mobile uh, and PS Five now. Yes, anyone listening, I'm aware that Integrate is out. Um, so yeah, the the. Square does weird things, and I get that there's a massive, massive mobile crowd. But as someone who loves Final Fantasy, specifically six, I, I haven't, I've played four and six. I haven't played one, two, three, or five yet, because I know those are more old school. But six is like one of the, in my opinion, one of the best games ever made, and four is just is, is a really good story too. So to have no way to play that on PS4 with trophies. Which is the yeah, reason I wanted it, and that was that was like soul crushing for me. But I, I at least we got if it did come to if it did come to switch your PS4, I might have actually thought about it. Like obviously, I have a PC yeah. with Steam and all that shit, but like I don't really care to add it to my Steam library. Yeah, it's not a like the old Final Fantasies aren't really like PC games. Like they're just never been yeah. um, they've never been paired with that. Right, uh, six was on Super Nintendo. And Game Boy Advance, both both great. Uh, the the port for GBA was great, and so was the SNES game. And uh, like seven, I know we're talking about E three, but like seven's always been PlayStation. So I I don't get why since there's already like a version of six on mobile. I have it. I own it. It the controls suck. <laughs> I, I I just don't know why they wouldn't do this. Like it seems like such an easy cash grab for them. But yeah. you know I. I try and and be calm and and relax and <laughs> and take deep breaths, practice my yoga. Uh, oh, that no. was that was the biggest. That was my biggest letdown though, because in I think the difference between that and like not seeing something like Rocksteady, which I totally understand as a letdown, is they showed it all. It it was right there. Like it's coming. Yes, we got it, boys. Let's throw down the cash. And then right at the end. Steam Mobile, and you're like, wait, what is? Am I being trolled? Uh, oh, like the, the the nail in the coffin is like the Steam Mobile thing came up came up separately, right? <laughs> like, yeah, uh, it wasn't yeah. at the beginning; here's it was the at the title. very end. Yeah, here's the title. Here's Final Fantasy One to Six Collection or whatever, and then 
Oh, also, it's only on Steam and Mobile. Haha, trolling. And then the the other um, pain in the ass is that uh, it's not even really a collection in the sense that you don't pay one price and get all six games. They're being sold individually on Steam and Mobile. Right. So, like, that's even more like, what, what the hell, guys? Come on. Have a spine. I'm going to get, like, a cease and desist letter at some point. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, that was my, I think, probably my biggest low light, just because of how it was presented. It was, like, so, like, what? Why, though? Why are you doing this to me? Um but uh, yeah, Capcom. Capcom was really disappointing. Gearbox. I'm not. You guys know I like the first Borderlands. I will never play another Borderlands game. But I get the love, and I, I'm sure that would have been frustrating, especially with the Tiny Tina announcement um, a few days before. Mm-hmm. So I think we've talked about our highlights and lowlights of E3. I, it sounds like we all really liked Xbox and Game Pass, and really liked Nintendo. So the last thing I really want to ask before we end our podcast today is there's an obvious elephant in the room. This was the third year that Sony hasn't been at E3. And I remember the first year it happened, they did their separate thing very shortly after. Last year, same thing. They had, we had that, uh, that conference where they unveiled the PS5. And so this is kind of a two-part question, so I guess the first part now. Do you think Sony should have been at E3? Did they need to be at E3 this year? And Spencer, I'm going to throw it to you, buddy. No. Um, and it's funny because as I was going back to YouTube to watch these clips, Annapurna Interactive has their own showcase on July 29th. Uh, they're advertising it over. I, I found it ironic that obviously you target the advertisements over certain videos. So uh, as you're looking back at Square or Xbox or whatever, Annapurna is like, hey, there's only one show on on July 29th and it's ours. So why don't you step in? Sony is likely going to do the same thing. They're going to exist in this vacuum uh, and hog the news cycle for the next uh, week or so. I think giving themselves two weeks, roughly, is it about two weeks till they? They haven't. Um, they haven't announced anything. That's the uh, the confusing no. part. Oh, you know. So usually they have by now, and I think that's the odd part. Yeah, I suppose. But uh, even then, the dust is still settling on the last E3. The YouTubers are uh, just. They've just put out their videos, you know, days ago. Um, so I think they're they're going to inhibit their own space. Now, like any other conference, it's going to be a high-risk, high-reward proposition. But at least they're playing on, like, home turf. At least they can set their own rules now um, and and set their own expectations and exist within that vacuum and not have to, frankly, be so directly compared to Xbox, who is so clearly coming for them this year um, uh, through that conference. You agree, Justin? I, I'm with you, Spencer. I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think they need to be there. Um, part of me is wondering if part of the reason they don't, they haven't announced anything yet is so that they could be like a little bit more reactionary to E3 in general, and probably more specifically what Xbox is doing um, to maybe have like screen, change up their strategy in some way or another. But that's just me being a bit of a conspiracy theorist. <clears throat> I'm sure they have plans months and months in advance. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, Jamie had mentioned they had a counter punch, quote unquote, ready for Game Pass. Yeah, they, they said uh, in April they're going to have one. Uh, 
I actually, I like, I agree with both of you, Justin. I think they they probably have had stuff ready for months, and some of that stuff's already recorded and ready to go. I'm sure. I'm sure. And then there's probably a portion where they're like, okay, let's see, because we they have contacts at Microsoft, or they have, you know ways to get that information let's see how the public reacts to this game pass stuff and how much do we want to focus our presentation on a counterpunch or software versus services versus hardware etc mm-hmm. so i'm sure there is a reactionary component uh and then to to spencer's point uh you're 100 right whenever they come out whenever they announce this they're going to hog the news for that entire week whatever they do right or do wrong is going to be all anyone will talk about once they do it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm I'm totally with you. You both. I think Sony will do it right. They have a knack for making their presentations been pretty consistently good for the last few years. Uh, I still talk about my favorite E3 moments ever was E3 2015, I believe, where they opened the show at Sony with The Last Guardian, which everyone thought was like canceled, done, never coming out. Mm-hmm. It was announced like ten years ago. And then it was like actually real. I'm like, no way. Then halfway through the show, they announced Final Fantasy VII Remake, another game that we thought would never actually happen. And now it, you know, it's like, oh, whatever. But at the time, you're like, they're making it. I thought they would never make it. There was even, um, there was even a quote from Square years ago. I can't remember who said it, but they said, "We'll only remake Final Fantasy VII if our company's in trouble." So I guess their company got in trouble with Final Fantasy or something. Uh, and then they made it. And then the last, um, after the Final Fantasy VII remake, I was like, my heart was like beating super fast. And then, you know, five minutes later, Shenmue Three, another game that no one thought would exist, was something like magic. <laughs> it was like, yeah, there's a Kickstarter for that, and it's coming into PS4. I remember like losing my mind. Um, now, how many of these games ended up being good? Eh, one out of three, <laughs> I would say. But uh, the the excitement and like the what ifs uh, is the best part of E3 yeah. for me, and I think yeah. like PS3 uh, 2015 did that. You know, it's all about capturing the imagination, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Yeah, because you you think back to those moments at E3. I think back to Cyberpunk reveal. I think back to Ghost of Tsushima. I think back to the first uh, exposure I had to Red Dead Redemption. Like. Uh, well, excuse me, not Red Dead. Rockstar doesn't do it. Um, I lost my train of thought. But you, it, it is the early inkling of of your say consumer's journey to buying these games and and all properties you know affiliated to it. Um, it doesn't have to be good. It's just got to look good. And uh, you know there may be many games that were at E3 this year that didn't. That uh, that look good, but won't be good, and of course, you know that didn't look good, um, and will be good, you know. Like uh, it, 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 it's weird. It's it's chaotic. I think is that the word I'm looking for? Chaos, Jamie. I get, Cha- get the fuck chaos. out. <laughs> I that trailer, Jesus Christ, that trailer was edited so poorly. Yeah, but um, hey, it still might be good. It captured my oh. imagination, though. That's what it did. The look here. Here's a lot for anyone who doubts it. The gameplay will be good. Will the story be good? Eh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh, it'll like if you're into action games or Souls like, or if you played Neo, you already know like it's gonna be a really tight, solid action game. Mm. Um, 
What I will say too is that like I'm the kind of person where like if they announced Half Life Three at E3 next year, right? It was one of those titles that like we're never gonna get it. It's just like a dream. At that point, for me, like, does it matter if Half Life Three is good or is it just enough to know that it exists? And sometimes I think I'm the latter, where like just knowing they did it, that they actually did it, is like just wild to me. Hmm. Um, and that's that's like that was my response with Shenmue Three. Shenmue is not a fun game for me. I've never enjoyed the Shenmue games, but the fact that like they did it, <laughs> just like wait, what? You actually listen to like this crazy minority. It's the same with like uh, Justin. You you would agree with this if Mother Three was getting brought to North America. Like sure. it is it that good? It, I don't even think it's that great a game, but like. It, every year, people bombard Reggie, who doesn't even work for Nintendo anymore, saying, mm-hmm. "Please bring Brother Three to the America, to the well, thing, to the point where like he memes it now." Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say he he's leaned into it. <laughs> I think there was like a, a commercial they did where he's like, "No, don't ask me about Mother Three, or they ask about Mother Three, and he like lasers them." <laughs> <laughs> so like that, I think I that's Reggie, the magic yeah. of E three. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, Reggie's the man. Um, that like. Like, I'm not even a Nintendo guy, and when he did his little retirement video, I was like, fuck, why am I tearing up? I don't oh, even I know. know this guy. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, Reggie. Anyways, so I think we're all kind of in agreement that Sony didn't really need to be at E3. And yeah. there's a further conversation that I'm not ready to have today about, like, does E3 always need to exist? Because we love E3, so we, we wanted to come back. But uh, my next question is... And this is our last question, guys, and then we're done. What does Sony need to do in order to basically come out the winner of this, these summer game conferences? Um, I'm going to start with Justin here. But yes, like, what are maybe two or three things that Sony needs to do to really be like, okay, like, they're still the kings of the, uh, of the consoles right now? Yeah, uh, I would say they have to show some gameplay for Ragnarok, God of War. Um, Probably more of a a wilder prediction or hope or want would be um, combining PlayStation Now or just getting rid of PlayStation Now and adding it into PlayStation Plus. I think that would be the way to combat Game Pass. And then also add more interesting games to PlayStation now. Um, but I don't know if that's something they will actually do. I, I feel like PlayStation strategy might be more cementing themselves as like the quote unquote luxury uh, console brand mm-hmm. where uh, Microsoft and Xbox are more going like the value brand, even though <laughs> a lot of their first party games are pretty solid looking so i don't know how that strategy would work out for playstation but uh but yeah uh, i'm trying to think of any other games definitely some new, they need to announce and show off some cool new ips uh 100 I, I think that's something that people are definitely clamoring for something something that's outside of the third person action adventure rpg genre um and then also maybe if they tease like Spider-Man Two, that'd be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that'd be nice. Insomniac's doing work for them too. 
Also, I'm writing everyone's uh, predictions down here. <laughs> Why? Just so when the conference happens, we can see who who is uh, on the money. Okay. Um, right now, it's like things that we think need to happen. But uh, maybe after after Spencer, after you go, maybe we'll have like, what's your w wild, amazing prediction for what could happen? Uh, oh. Spencer, two or three things that you think need to happen at the Sony conference uh, for them to come out the winner. Well. Uh, I'll I'll tell you. Um, I think Justin made a point with coming up with new IPs, and I was like, "Well, where could they find you know IPs that they own, IPs that are interesting? Where have they made headways?" Uh, I'd look at Sony Pictures. Sony, if Venom's got a new game coming out, the Ghostbusters, or excuse me, Venom's movie, Venom Two, there will be Carnage is coming out. Ghostbusters got the Paul Rudd movie. Um, you know, I think these would be interesting source material for their own games. And obviously to, I think at the conference, even if you just, you know, show a scene or a little tidbit of the movie would be really cool. But then to pair it with some other uh, game or whatever that's playing with it would be great. Hell, I mean, you look through Sony Pictures catalog the last little while. It's, it's not bad. You know, they got Starship or no, excuse me. <laughs> Starship Troopers is a, a movie they did. But they there's a real time strategy on Steam for it. I, I I don't know how these legal things work, but you could certainly find some headways there. Uh, Angry Birds, the movie that might make a great game. I'm just hypothesizing, you know, just putting it out there. Spencer, um, I feel like you're about to get a, a legion of angry PlayStation fans after you, buddy. <laughs> you're like, like, this guy's uh, this guy's talking about licensed movie games. Good. Yeah, I, right. Honestly, <laughs> man, you just like like find uh, find somewhere that Xbox can't go. What do you own that they don't? And what is it you can at least like if you're thinking a year, a year and a half ago? If you're smart, you're like, well, Xbox has got this Game Pass thing coming up. They just acquired Bethesda. Where can we go that they can't, considering that we've now pushed God of War uh, back to PS4 um, I, I, along with a number of other games because of coronavirus? So uh, this is just me throwing shit out there. It's, these are fronts that Xbox can't follow them to. Um, and I think with a good director, I'd love a Venom game. I'd love a Ghostbusters game. Are you kidding? An open world Ghostbusters where, you know, like you, me, Justin, one of our other friends, um, a, you know, traveling around in the hearse around New York and doing like little pickup missions. It'd be fun. Um, it, I'm not a market analyst. I, I just like to hypothesize and daydream. So, you know, I, I will, if anybody's listening, I'll gladly write the new Ghostbusters game. I sure know quality, but I'll do it for the cheap. <laughs> Respect. All right, yeah. so I have I have for you licensed movie games that are good, and then um, I think I wrote new IPs. Yeah, anything else you think they need to do in order for the conference to be kind of the winner out of this? Ooh, PSVR two. Ooh, that's a good idea. Oh, that, you're you're stealing my shit now, Justin. Can you <laughs> can you fucking wait your turn, man? I was literally like, I literally <laughs> about to bring it up. <laughs> no, Spencer, go on while I while I chastise Justin uh, in my mind. The, the other would be a uh, surprise celebrity cameo because that was kind of lacking in uh, the Xbox or at least E3. You know, Matt Mercer showed up for was it Gearbox or was it Square Enix? Where I think you recorded it, right? Yeah, yeah, you it, but that's yeah. still. You know what? That was really the only celebrity I can remember 
So I don't know. Um, Tom Holland did the uh, there's there's been stills from the Uncharted movie. Have him show up. Just have him awkwardly walk on stage like, oh, I'm lost. Hello. Um, sorry. Uh, hi. And and people go fucking nuts. So just just shove Tom Holland on stage. There you go. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is that Spencer should direct the next e- uh, EA conference. <laughs> we got licensed games. We got surprise celebrity cameos, but EA Play, it's coming next month too. They need you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm just yeah. teasing. Uh, they, they, they need somebody. It might as well be me. I, I, I kind of like where you're going. I, I would not go the same route, but uh, I think these things, if they hit right, can always be good. So oh, I'm with you on that. I, I've, I've well established my, my reputation as a basic bitch, and I'm just going to lean into it. I am the Ugg oh, you boot. know what? I am the Ugg boots and Starbucks of the video game content world. <laughs> well, I I like how you own it, and it also gives me an idea. I'm like, oh, like you know what? Like I don't always like when famous uh, sports player comes up to talk about Madden, but it's not like there's people who do, and maybe I need to remember that when I complain about it. It's you know, mm-hmm. other people enjoy that stuff, so yeah, don't don't get it's me much appreciated. It. Don't get me on about Madden. That's that's a whole other uh, argument. I'm going to snap into Z formation about Madden. Anyway, <laughs> it's your turn. What do you, what do you yeah, want? Yeah, no, thanks. Uh, you well, you know what, Justin, you, you, you yeah. beat me to it. Uh, I think we need to show the next PSVR. And, and not only that, I think it needs to somehow properly compete with uh, some of the PC VR stuff. And I don't mean in terms of its technology has to be as strong. I mean more in the sense that, like, games software accessibility usage pricing something has to give them an edge um in order for uh that to be a selling point now do i think ps4 2 is going to sell ps5 consoles no but i think there's a very big growing community of psvr users or vr users who want who want something including myself who has the old one like i would love an upgrade uh so well noted justin but i'm, I'm gonna add it to mine as well <laughs> Uh, other things I think they need to do in order to be successful is Horizon Forbidden West needs a specific release date. Mm. It's a smaller thing, but Good I think call. they we need to know exactly when the next first party IP is coming out. It can't just be these 2022 release windows. I know right now I think the release window for Horizon Horizon is 2021. I don't think that's going to happen, but just come out and give us a, a hard release date so uh, PS5 gamers can be like okay. I know when to do that. Uh, I agree with both of you. New IPs need to happen. I think what they need, they need at least one new IP that's not necessarily a new IP, but an old forgotten IP that's being rebooted. I would possibly jump to, I was going to say Sly Cooper or Jack and Daxter. I think those are always good to bring back. That being said, we just got Ratchet and Clank, so there might be fatigue around there. But an an old, forgotten PlayStation franchise. You know, I think you're onto something because I would love to see a Spyro game in the way that they've they've brought back Ratchet and Clank because that's Insomniac as well. That'd be cool. It was Insomniac. Unfortunately, Spyro's rights were sold to Activision. Oh darn! And that's why there hasn't been a good Spyro game really since uh, Year of the Dragon, Mm. Um, the Reignited Trilogy. Yeah, that's why I got Skylanders. That's also why Crash got fucked over, right? Naughty Dog was Crash, and they sold those rights off too. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love a Spyro reboot, though. Uh, Buy Insomniac would be insane. It, that won't happen, but 
a smaller studio doing a reboot of of an old PlayStation mascot, or just like a an old franchise that could get that nostalgia, but also be modernized in a creative way. I think they need. Um, so so yeah, that's something I would do. A Sly Cooper reboot. Dude, don't don't even get me started. I'm a hundred percent with you, and I think a lot of people have been been asking for it. Uh, because there was a Sly 4, Thieves in Time, that wasn't by Sucker Punch, it was by Senzaru. And then Senzaru got bought Gosh. by Facebook, Oculus, and it left on a cliffhanger. So there's still a lot more Sly that we could do. Hmm. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I don't even think it needs to be like a platforming mascot in particular, as awesome as that would be. But something that uh, remi- like something reminds people of the PlayStation IP and franchises and but also gives us something new. So that'd be my second thing. I think, oh. uh, sorry, third third thing. Apologies if you count PSVR 2. The last thing that we need, and this falls in line with Justin, is there really does need to be um, a counterpunch to Game Pass. Yep. And there needs to either be an announcement that one of the games they've already announced is day one on the plus subscriber list, the plus Game Pass, I'm going to call it right now. So that could be Horizon Forbidden West, free day one on Plus Game Pass, or God of War Ragnarok, free day one on Plus Game Pass. Something like that, something big to sell it. And if they do all that, I think uh, they'll get they'll get fans back in. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. That's kind of it for me. I think they there there needs to be a counterpunch to Game Pass. There there needs to be some release dates on some of the games they've announced, especially the cross gen ones. And uh, there needs to be uh, some new IPs, maybe a reboot of something that are PS5 only. As much as I hate to say it. Uh, anyways, that's that's my predictions, guys. Uh, with that, I think we are done. Unless someone's got something very, very pressing they would like to add. It's not pressing, but the, the Sly stuff reminded me. Uh, I'd love to see a PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale sequel. Oh fuck, man! You're getting you're getting close to my heart now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the I mean, stuff reminded me specifically because I remember I remember fighting you in that game and going the moray as I shot. Oh my god! You. <laughs> oh, good times, man! I still have that game on Vita. I even have some of the DLC with it. Cat and Emmett Hawk from Gravity Rush yeah. and uh, Starhawk, like two lot like basically long lost IPs. Um, I lost hope though once they got like Cloud and Sephiroth and uh, Kazuya from Tekken into Smash. I was like, what could they even do now? Maybe <laughs> <laughs> not Crash and Spyro, but like, what could they even do now? It's just, it feels so lopsided at this point. Um, I love that. I love that Kazuya reveal where he throws Kirby off a cliff. Yeah, the yeah. part they didn't show was Kirby uh, killing him after. That would have been a little too graphic. You can't, you can't, you can't keep that guy down. Turning into stone form and squashing him. Yeah. Oh using- my gosh. Yeah. Um, that was yeah, that was a fun reveal too because that was like a, a a personal plug from Sakurai, right? Because he created Kirby and he's like Kirby's his favorite character, so that was kind of cute mm-hmm. that he was a. Uh, giving his love to the one character. <laughs> uh, so yeah, with that in mind, uh, thank you everyone for listening. This was a really fun podcast for us. We're going to be back next week with Plus Minus. We 
are hopefully going to have uh, a fourth person. I, I have someone in mind, but I don't want to promise anything. Uh, so s- stay tuned and see us next week. Uh, Justin and Spencer, thanks for joining us, guys. Always a pleasure, buddy. All right. Till then.